Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about distribution. Kind of like pricing, if you listen to my last episode, uh, distribution is one of those business functions that people don't necessarily see as a marketing function. They see it as an operations function. It is kind of an operations function as well, uh, but it's about delivering value to consumers. And so uh, anything linked to the consumer is considered a marketing issue, at least uh, from the marketer's standpoint. Uh, so let's just talk about this. So overall, or kind of initially to start, we can say that Distribution is about getting products to consumers when, where, and how they want them. It typically is related to goods. I, I guess we could probably discuss services a little bit, um, but primarily when we think of distribution, we think about the moving around of physical goods, getting them from the producer to the consumer. Okay, so let's talk about some issues here. Uh, related to that. Uh, Distribution typically is made up of what we call a supply chain or a marketing channel system and it's just a collection of businesses or um, maybe departments that get physically move products from one place to the other. Okay and so if you're a retailer uh, you're actually part of that chain. You're the kind of the end of the chain you are um, selling products offering products to the consumer but someone had to get them to you okay and so uh, we use channels to move things around and more than that we use it to add significant value to the firm uh, if you think about the theory of outsourcing uh, outsourcing basically states that you do what you do best and let others do the other functions in the business and so when we think about distribution in this regard, you know, manufacturers are good at manufacturing, retailers are good at selling products. Uh, for them, oftentimes, there's, there's a lot of value uh, in having someone else do that distribution for you. But others sometimes will do the distribution uh, themselves. Okay? Um, so when we talk about the supply chain um, distribution, we have two major types. We have direct distribution and indirect distribution. Direct distribution is where you do it all yourself. You are manufacturing the product and you are selling it to the end user. Not very common these days, but companies still do it. Uh, I mentioned services. Technically services are going to be this regard because you don't physically transport services. So technically, the producer is also the uh, the retailer, so to speak, as well. Okay, um, indirect distribution is any instance where you have another uh, entity that is helping you get products to the end user. So even as simply as just using a retailer, that that would be uh, an example of indirect distribution. All right. So anyone. Any company that's in between the producer and the end user is what we call an intermediary. And an intermediary is just someone that moves the products along. So retailers, I already mentioned, are a good example, great example, in fact. 
uh, but we can think about distributors, wholesalers, agents, brokers. Those are all considered uh, intermediaries. You may have heard the term middleman. It's the same thing. Um, so quite simply, you have to make some decisions about um, uh, how you want to set up the supply chain. Are you going to do it yourself? And if not, who's going to help you? How many layers? Things like that. A big benefit of using a supply chain, and I mean a indirect supply chain, is not only are you utilizing the expertise of the other channel members, such as a distributor who has a, a large fleet of trucks and expert geography knowledge, but you are also reducing the number of transactions for you. So think about it, a manufacturer, if you, if you sell 100,000 units of a product in a particular fiscal year, if you distribute all directly, you have 100,000 different transactions, orders to process, payments to take, uh, items to ship out. But if you use an intermediary, you just ship your products to the intermediary, or better yet, the intermediary comes and picks them up, and then they in turn distribute it to retailers, you are reducing the number of transactions you have to make. And it's overly simplified to say you're reducing the number of transactions down to one, uh, but you could be greatly reducing it. If you are a manufacturer of, say, plastic bins, and you know hundreds of thousands of people buy your plastic bins every year, if you sell them through just Target and Walmart, you essentially are making transactions only to Target and Walmart. So they'll buy in bulk, and the number of transactions is going to be greatly reduced. So there's some significant value added uh, when you do that. Okay. Now, the big problem with this concept of indirect distribution is you give up control. You give up significant control. Someone else is, is selling your product. Someone else is physically moving your product around, and that can be a problem for lots of companies. Um, you know, maybe the, good, the product is, is um, very, very, very expensive or very, very difficult to use. There could be some good arguments for the manufacturer to distribute directly. Okay. As with everything else, you need to understand what the consumer's desires are um, in terms of where to actually purchase the products, um, you know, the size of the the number of units they want to buy. You know, we can we can think about that as well. Uh, delivery times, things like that. Also, as with everything else in marketing, you have to have some objectives. You know, what is your what is your goal for using distribution? Is it purely cost savings, or are there other things as well? Okay, so uh, different retailers, for example, have different kind of image perceptions in consumers' minds, and so you can use the image of a retailer to basically um, create an image for your products. So. If you're trying to sell goods to be perceived as luxurious, you probably don't want to sell them in Target and Walmart. Uh, on the other hand, if you're selling plastic bins and you want, you're trying to sell, you know, a million of them, you know, you probably don't want to sell them through high-end, high-touch, you know, low-quantity stores. Okay, um, you have to make some decisions on how many intermediaries you want to use. If you use just one. You know, say one retailer, you're you're doing what we call 
exclusive distribution. Um, but there are some arguments to be made to use more than one. So uh, if you use some, we, we could call this selective distribution. Electronics is an example of an industry that uses selective distribution. You can buy electronics in some places, but not everywhere. And then we have what we call intensive distribution. This is where your product is sold basically anywhere that the consumer might possibly uh, need to buy it. Think about Coca-Cola, for example. Think about all the different places you can buy a Coca-Cola. Uh, they definitely are set up to be uh, um, uh, you know, distributed intensively. Okay, um, you've got to you know be smart in selecting channel members. Um, you've got to put contracts in place to make sure everyone knows what's going on. There's got to be some trust involved with um, those suppliers and those intermediaries. So you have to kind of kind of think through all of this. Okay. You've got to think about the power that each intermediary holds. Uh, oftentimes, uh, some intermediaries have significant power that they can wield over their, you know, potential channel partners that can give them some some benefits. So you've got to be uh, mindful of that and and understand why they have that power and is it valuable to still be associated with that particular channel member. Okay. Um, you know, there are different types of supply chain kind of systems like vertical, ver vertical supply chains and horiz horizontal supply chains. Uh, and then we got something called a multi-channel marketing system where you're using um, lots of different channels. Um, you've got to be mindful of what we call channel conflict. So oftentimes, because we have different entities working together, sometimes there can be problems. Um, supplier doesn't provide the product in time. Retailer is losing, on sa losing sales. That causes a problem. Or vice versa, the retailer isn't pushing the manufacturer's product very well or very hard. That is an, a source of channel conflict as well. Um, you sell your products through both Walmart and Target, and they get in kind of a tiff over how it's promoted or how it's priced. That would be an example of what we call horizontal conflict. Okay? Um, you gotta be you gotta be mindful of that. Um, if you use kind of intensive distribution, you've got to think about cannibalization. You're basically competing against yourself if your products are offered in many, many, many different places. So you have to think about that uh, as well. Okay? Um, you know, and finally, uh, in sum, you know, just you, you've got to understand the value that the different channel uh, partners will provide and do what's best for the company. Um, again, control is a major issue, probably the major issue. Um, so you have to kind of weigh control against cost, cost savings and efficiencies and, and come to some particular conclusion. And hopefully uh, the conclusion that you come up with provides significant value to the firm, to your brands, and um, to, if it's a public company, to, um, you know, shareholder value. So that's all we're going to say about distribution. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll uh, talk again real soon. Thanks.